0: Log Talk Radio.
1: that we talk about life's problems that may break a terror hearts apart. Or reconnect my whole, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Praton. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. <clears throat> That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Reconnect My Heart. Also, for those who want to go on uh the video version, if you want to see the video version of uh, Reconnect My Heart, you can go to www.reconnectmyheart.com. Reconnectmyheart.com. Also, for those who want to get on the – uh in the chat room, you can go in the chat room, which is on our website at uh, com. I hope that you all had a great day, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued presence and support. Thank God um, for his protection this week has um, been very, very, very heavy in rain in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Thank God that we made it safely. I made it safely. And uh, thank God for so many things. Question. Have you ever had a tough decision to make but didn't know what to do? Those are the times when you're scared because you don't know what to do and you don't want to make the wrong decision. And you have so much at stake. Know that God wants us to consult with him about everything because he knows what's best for us. Also, he knows the answers. So, why don't we go to him? So, on today's show, we will talk about facing difficult decisions, seeking God for answers, and peace while we're waiting on him. We're going to talk about that and much, much more in the episode called Lord What Do I Do Now? Seeking answers for life's decisions. Lord, what do I do? I don't know about you all, and to be honest with you, I know myself, I have been in situations where I know personally, (laughs) I went on and went ahead of God. I went on and made some decisions without consulting God. I made some decisions consulting God, but didn't wait for his response. And I went on and did it anyway, thinking I knew what was best. And boy, was I wrong. And those that know me, I believe in being honest, believe in being transparent. And so I know I've been in situations like that. I've been like, man. How in the world did I get myself in this situation? Like I said, I thought I was able to make a good decision, but I found out sometimes I could be wrong. Well, (laughs) we all are human, and that means that we're bound to make mistakes. In other words, we don't know everything. And so this is not making an excuse. No, but this is giving us the responsibility of consulting the one that knows everything because what happens if we make a decision based upon false information? Guess what? We're going to end up dealing with some bad consequences. And so that's one of the things we want to talk about because right now, so many people are in kind of like in a dilemma right now. There are some students right now that are getting ready to graduate. They don't know which school they want to go to, all these things. So it's not just pertaining to an adult situation. Like I said, there are kids, there are students that are making life decisions right now. And so even though to the best of our ability I have a son, I love him dearly. But even to the best of my ability, I may make a decision for him or I may try to coach him to make a decision, but it may not be the decision that God wants him to make. So that's the reason why even at the age he's at, not only for him to consult God, but his father to fast and pray and to consult God on his behalf and who knows. God may be talking to him and talking to me. And so when I share with him, you know, hey, an answer that God gave me, not something based upon my opinion or my feelings, but based upon the revelation that God has given me, I can share it with him and there will be a peace. So those are the kind of things I wanted to talk about. First, um, I want to thank um, Mr. Saul. Mr. Saul, how you doing? And my man. Mr. Smith, Terrence Smith, Terrence the Weasel Smith, I appreciate you all. And for those who are also watching, listening, I thank you all also. But these are life decisions that we have to make. Uh, some people right now thinking about it, even though we're kind of at the tail end of it, but we're still in a pandemic. And there are people that are making uh, life-changing decisions right now. You know, there are some people that had to make some decisions pertaining to jobs, even being honest with you, even some people, I mean, just decisions pertaining to jobs, pertaining to relationships, all these things. And we always making uh, life-changing decisions if we really think about it because the decisions that we make, it affects every part of our life. So I just wanted to share with you all some of the things that I felt Uh, within my heart then it has helped me in my situations, as well as what I've seen with other people. The first thing, first and foremost, we always tell people, and this is not just us talking to people, but it's also us talking to ourselves. First thing we got to do, we got to talk to God. First, first and foremost, first and foremost thing we got to do, talk to God, consult God about everything. And the thing is, a lot of times, being honest, a lot of times we'll tell God, but we tell God just a little information. And a lot of time, when you think about it, why do we give God little of the information instead of all of the information? You know why? Because technically we still try to fix the decision or manipulate the decision if he tells us something that we don't want to hear or he tells us something that we don't want to do. Sometimes it's like we'll tell God or we'll pray about it. And then when God tells us what to do,
0: oh, well, it,
1: I don't like that decision. I don't like that. But one thing about it, God's not going to make us do anything that we don't want to do. God don't want us to do anything. God not going to make us do anything if it's against our will. And like I said, this is something that we really have to accept. And like I said, This is a situation that us being honest with ourselves, too many mistakes. And so in the decisions that we made, ultimately, the choice or the decision was ours. Even if other people had advised us and told us what to do or advised us and influenced us on what to do. But ultimately, it was our choice to listen to them and do what they advise us to do. You know, nobody going to make it. Now, unless somebody forcefully and, you know, put a gun to your head, threaten your life or something like that, that's one thing. But ultimately, the decisions that we've made or even the situations that we've been in, a lot of times it was our doing. And if we really be honest with ourselves, how about we just go ahead and just call a spade a spade? It was our fault. We have to take accountability for our own choices, not just our actions, but our own choices. Quit blaming people. Well, you know, you know, uh, well, well. If I hadn't, uh, if I hadn't seen them doing, I would have done it. mean, come on! All of us grow. and for us to lead people out of the equation of the blame game, allow that. How about we own that one hundred percent? I've heard so many people go ahead and say, hey, well, you know, uh, 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 well, they did it too. Well, so what? But who do I deal with the consequences? You know, I found out when we begin to start following people that's already doing something that I'm supposed to be doing, and especially those that know better, those that were raised right, and those that God been really dealing with. I don't care what somebody else does. They can do look here, they can get away with murder. But let you do something that you know you're not supposed to do and you was raised right, shoot. It seemed like you get caught. It seemed like God deal with your conscience no matter what other people do. It's you that end up God talking to, God dealing with. We know better. We know better. You know, I think about the scripture that says he chasing those who he loved, you know, he disciplined us, you know, and if you really think about it, it's for a reason. Um, one of the things I thought about, I thought about when um, those that knew better, those that they had no business doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing, it's like the licks are harder. The licks hurt more. it doesn't have to be a physical lick, but it can be that your soul. It's like somebody says something, it just pierces your soul. Um, My sister and I used to always, um, when my dad would, we would do something we're not supposed to do. Um, We were kids. And normally, we would expect to get a whooping. My mom would whoop us. But our daddy... A daddy can sit down and just talk to us. And oh my goodness, it was like confession hall. We were crying, snotty. Oh, i sorry. That hurt worse than the licks. It's because we knew better. But also, it's like he would pierce our heart because the relationship that he has with us, but also the relationship we have with him. So when it boiled down to it, we already know it's what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. But God convicts us. And it's for a reason. Well, actually, the mistakes that we do or the choices or the decisions that we make, we allow ourselves to be convicted. You know, I don't care how I throw an apple up in the air. Or I say a brick. I don't care how I throw a brick up in the air. Even if I throw it up as a sinner, and I repent, and I ask God to come into my life as the brick is in the air. If I don't hurry up and move out the way, I'm going to be a hit Christian that got hit by a brick. So me telling God something is not going to remove the consequences of me being hit by the brick if I don't move out the way. And so these are the things we have to think about. We have to think about there are, how to say there are penalties. disobedience so that's why it's so important for us to be able to just go to God talk to God and really come to the fact that we have to consult him about everything because he's the one that knows everything like I said the Bible tell us you know if you acknowledge me if you acknowledge him in all your ways he shall direct our paths paths or he will make your pathway straight so it's his responsibility to to help us, but we first have to go to him. You know, God knows what's going on in our life, but because of the relationship that he wants us to have with him, he wants us to communicate. He wants to have that relationship, that dialogue, that intimate relationship with us. So we have to talk to him, consult him about everything, and understand that he's concerned about every aspect of your life. He understands your needs, and there's nothing too big or too small. God is not the type, well, you know, uh, uh, that, that that person, you know uh, – that girl's single, I I don't I'm not I don't care about her getting married. I want her to stay single. Well, you know, if you want to get married, God knows and God has the husband for you. So He wants you to consult with him. But also as you consult Him and you asking Him for your husband, He wanna make sure that you are prepared for His child. You asking God for a husband for yourself. But he wanna make sure that you are ready to be a wife for your husband. See, like I said, God knows how to orchestrate, God knows how to prepare. God will understand this. Whatever God does is his seal of approval on it. It's his want. it's his insurance is on it. His word shall not return void. Our word is. But In order for us to get the guarantee that God has for us, we have to make sure to consult him and do it his way. That's the way he wants us to do it, and it's more
0: effective.
1: Like I said, God knows what's best. So the first thing for us to talk to God, share God everything. Tell God everything. Don't withhold anything from God because the thing that we withhold from him is actually showing or revealing to us that we really don't trust him or we really don't believe he has our best interests at heart, so what I found out, I love myself, I appreciate it, but to be honest with you, I've made some mistakes, and so, like I said, I'm getting old, I don't have time for foolishness, I don't have time for mistakes. So how about I consult the one that knows everything and that's never wrong? Understand this. The Bible tells us, Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, which means all these things shall chase you down. What that means is, seek ye first, putting God first priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not just anybody's quote-unquote kingdom, but the kingdom of God. In other words, seeking first God, and then the things of God, the things that are under God's control, or the things that are in God's supplies. Seeking first God, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and his righteousness meaning God's way of being right. Meaning That there is a right way to get the right thing, you get the right results. So when we do things, when we seek God and the things of God, and we get it the right way, then all these things shall chase us down. Best way to think about it. Another thing: when we trying to figure out what to do or decision making. One of the things I always advise, pulsive or an emotional decision. In other words, don't run based upon your emotions. A lot of times, the devil would try to pressure us to do something, and sometimes he end up causing us to get into the panic mode. He'll push the panic buttons on our emotions, and we end up getting ourselves into a situation that we end up regretting. Have you noticed anytime somebody want to sell you a lemon, uh, a damaged car, or uh, uh, an affected car, or whatever, don't you know they're going to always deal with your emotions, but also they're going to try to make you make a rushed decision. One of the things I always say, anytime somebody pressure you to make a decision without praying, And getting wise counsel, then you need to avoid that quickly. You need to avoid that like the plague. Because that right there that's letting us know that that person does not want you to be able to include somebody in your decision making for them to be able to see something that you may be overlooking. So understand, even with um, an emotional or an impulsive decision, one of the things we always say is don't make a permanent decision in a temporary condition. You have to make sure to really, really, really take the time out to observe everything. And also, even with the emotional decision. Understand, your emotions will change. Your feelings will change. Your, your, your feelings of that particular thing, it might be a sugar rush. It might be an emotional-driven state that you may be in. But understand, when you deal with your emotions, emotions on your feelings are fickle. They change at the drop of a dime, sometimes based upon the situation. Sometimes based upon the environment. Sometimes based upon what you're going through in any other part of your life. Understand that. So in order for us to be able to stop being driven by our emotions, how about we take a step back first and breathe. Breathe. Think about can you deal with that? Whatever you might be looking at. Like I said, it might be a car or whatever. Looking at just take your time because a car can smell brand new, but it won't stay brand new forever. It won't smell brand new forever. That new car scent smell won't last. And understand it's the same way pertaining to your emotions. That what you be thinking about or whatever You can't be driven by your emotions. Some people I know, they like, well, I just do what I feel. But you look at their track record. Look at at the trail of mistakes they have in their life. So understand, our feelings, our emotions can get in the way, but you cannot allow your emotions or your feelings override sound judgment. So we have to keep things as business. Just like when we say in business, you can't take it personal. You can't be driven by your emotions when you're dealing with business because you end up losing money, you end up getting yourself in a situation that you end up regretting, which leads me to this. In dealing with your emotions, you cannot, you cannot be driven by unforgiveness. Ooh, we. You cannot allow unforgiveness to make you end up influencing you in a decision that you end up regretting, and we're gonna talk about that later on. I had to throw that in. So, understanding your emotions getting in the way of a decision will cause you to make an impulsive decision. That is temporary temporary gratification, but long-term consequences long-term consequences. Another thing we have to do to make sure that we make the best decisions, one of the things that I found out that really is helpful is for us to write down the problem. that sounds sim- it sounds simple, but for us to write down the problems, be able to visually see it. You'd be surprised how so much stuff that we deal with and we try to retain it in our mind and we wonder why we, it's like you forgetting something every time you try to make a decision, every time you try to do something, you know, it's like you got so much on your mind, but a lot of things we don't have to retain in our mind because it's not a temporary thing. It's just like if somebody, um, let's just say if I end up taking somebody home that I've never met before, okay, what I do, if I, I just say it for myself, I'll just tell y'all this, if I'm going to do something that not going to be a continuous thing, i write down the name, write down the address, take them home or whatever, and throw away the paper because I don't want to retain that because our brain is a sponge, and sometimes it will absorb, I'm going to say sometimes, but it will absorb things, but we have to make sure to be able to properly filter out because there are some people, they have things clouded up in their mind, and they can't think clearly, they can't hear clearly. So understand, it's best for us to write things down. So even in the Bible it tells us to write the vision and make it plain. So whenever we have a problem or a situation, look at it as a homework assignment. Write it down. People that know me, I carry a pen and paper. Sometimes if I don't have it on me, I get my phone, I speak into it, or I record myself, whatever. You'll be surprised how much nuggets God can give you if you are free mentally and emotionally for you to be able to hear. Understand this. God is trying to talk to us, but a lot of times we're not listening. Understand, God has several several methods of us of getting his message over to us. But a lot of times we're so distracted mentally or emotionally we're missing what God is trying to convey to us. So it's very important for us to write stuff down. So that way we won't retain stuff that really would be a distraction from what God is trying to tell us. So I'm a big component in writing it down, writing things down. The other thing what we have to do, we have to watch others who are successful in that area. You know, I found that the most important thing, it is good for us to have in life. Of course, we love God. You know, uh, we worship God. That's fine and dandy. Except Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, that's great. But also, God have us on this earth to have relationship with others. And when I say relationship, that means healthy relationship. That mean not just courting but friendships. Friendships are so important. But also not only pertaining to friendship in a personal setting, but also on a business setting, mentorship. Mentorship is so important. You may not have ever met a particular person like let's say Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or whatever like that. But it's enough information, especially right now with the internet we can be in the information highway and really start watching and patterning our business model like them. So, when it comes down to watching successful people on whatever situation that you are thinking about or whatever whatever dilemma that you're in, watch someone that has been successful in that area and really just try to follow the pattern. Or just watch and 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 see what they did and duplicate that. I put it like this, like for example, um, when I wanted to play the guitar, I looked at my favorite guitar player, or at the time he was also my favorite musician, my favorite musician. I watched him. It was Prince. I watched him nobody less than him. Even though I've watched other musicians, but as far as Prince <laughs> I used to go I used to go to the concert, and at one point, I was on the fifth row, but I had binoculars watching I was looking to see how he flowed with his fingering, and then also watching him direct the band, watching how he articulate this and that, so I'm watching. And then when I would go home, I would watch videos of him and I would watch. So I listened to a lot of the stuff that they didn't play on the radio. And I would listen, I would listen, I would watch, you know, his phrasing and all that stuff. So even with to to uh, uh business matter of fact, that was a, uh, that was a young man that I was really, 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 really uh, crazy about as a musician. Uh, he was a bass player and uh, his, I'll, I'll share his information. Um, his name was Barry Pearson, and he used to work uh, up the street from where I lived at, at Brook Mays. And I learned this model from Les Brown. Les Brown said that uh, he wanted to work, he wanted to be a DJ. And so he ended up trying to get into some internship. He was very persistent, very persistent. He would go on there every day, asking what they were hiring. They turned him down. He was very persistent. Eventually, they told him, "Why go on and give me some coffee. And then him getting the coffee ended up having him to start doing chores. And then one day or one night, he was there with the DJ was drunk. And so the supervisor called and said, Hey, look here, you know how to play some of these records? Yes, sir. Well, I'm a have you to play these records because uh, whatever that guy name is, the DJ, he can't get on the air. He can't, he can't work. So you just play some of this stuff. I'm going to, I want you to call another DJ to see if they're going to come in. He said, yes, sir. You know what he did? He didn't do it. They called him back and told him, Hey, look here, play these songs and just don't say nothing. You know, what he did. He was on the phone. He got on there and just started talking, but they end up having him, to be able to do what he wanted to do. But the key thing was the to persistence. So me knowing that, I ended up going to Brooke Mays, and I would go there every day to watch Barry Pearson. He would play the bass. He would tune up the guitars, the lead on the bass. He knew me as someone that wanted to play the guitar. But I wanted to get a chance to know him. I wanted to learn from him. I didn't want to just be a customer. I wanted to be his uh what's called an intern. I wanted to be his disciple. I wanted to be his student. But also, I wanted to develop a personal friendship with him. And so I would go there every day, every day, until eventually, i have been there for years, just go there, just watch, ask questions, pick his brains and stuff, until one day overheard that he was having a program at his church. And they had a guitar player, they had a saxophone player, an organ player. He was the bass player, but they didn't have a drama. So I asked him, can I come and play for him? And he said, you play? Yes, sir. And I'll never forget, I made it to that church, and the first song that was played, if I'm not mistaken, it lasted probably about 17 minutes, but I was in so much joy. And he was behind me, and, of course, I was the youngest one that was playing. I was the youngest musician playing, and so I was I, got, I I was playing, and I caught myself. Wait a minute. I'm not at my church. I need to watch him because he was the band leader, and so I'm watching him thinking that he's going to coach me, and okay, come on, come on, come on. No, I turned around. I looked, and he was in the groove. He was doing that. I said, okay, God, thank you, and j- I mean, just tears came out of my eyes because of, I love playing. I love music. But I said all that to say this, persistency. Persistency. There may be somebody that you may model or whatever. There's someone that you may look up to. Have in your mind one day you want to be able to meet them or even do business with them or shucks. Have them to work for you. What is your business model? Who is your mentor? Who is your mentor and if they are alive great but visualize yourself meeting them. Visualize yourself. Don't think about, well, you know, I'm not qualified or I'm not good enough. The devil is alive. Don't talk yourself down. Be confident in not just the decision that you're going to make, but be confident that God's going to give you the answer to what you need to fulfill the purpose or the plan that he has for you. That's what you gotta. That's where you gotta think about it. That's what's gonna help. You know, being able to help. Yes, yes. Matter of fact, I see Pearson. Yes, thank you, Mister Shaw. Yeah, I mean, and, and the funny thing about it, I remember that was on a Sunday, but I got a chance to play with him. And the next day, I walked up there to the store, and as I walked in, he saw me. He was talking to a customer. He said, "And there he is. Talk about me, you know." And, like I said. And now we're great friends, you know. And so just being able to have that, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, all I don't really talk about this much. I don't know if I said this um, on the air. I really don't, I'm going to say it, I don't share it a lot of times on the air. But like I said earlier, my favorite musician was Prince. And so growing up, I remember in 82, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 81 or 82, I wasn't asleep, but I saw I saw a vision, and I saw me and Prince on stage together, and it was just so real. I was like, okay, cool, and I told some people that was a lesson well learned. I told some people, oh, they thought I was crazy, and then he came out with purple rain and all that stuff, and, and they said, and you said you're going to be with him? Boy, you crazy. That ain't the word they said, boy, either, but uh. I said, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Well, there was an 82, if I'm not mistaken, that I saw the vision. But I never lost the vision in my head, even when other people tried to talk me out of it. And one day, December the 30th of 1996, excuse me, 1997, at Reunion Arena, I wasn't on stage with Prince. Prince was on stage with me. And not only being up there on stage, but also left that far wing to come to where I was. And he and I dancing with the two individuals that I was dancing with. And the funny thing about it, after everything's over with, the organ player said, hey, man, I saw you dance pretty cool. You know, and some of the other people that saw me when we left the concert, Hey, you had the princess. they they recognized me. But I'm gonna tell you this. What I did was when I knew I was gonna be on the fifth row, I had already saw myself and what I was gonna wear. So I wore exactly what I saw in the spirit. I, I wore it. I wore a black leather jacket with some uh 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 it was some uh flower colors and stuff, red turtleneck and black jeans. So I saw it And I wore exactly what I saw in the spirit. So in other words, first thing I'm going to tell you, make sure that you're careful in who you tell your secrets or your visions to. That's the first thing. Because not everybody want to celebrate your gift or your uh, dream or your vision. Not everybody. Not everybody want to celebrate. Not everybody going to believe you. But the main thing, regardless of who don't believe you, do you believe it? And then also, what you see, don't go against what you see. Don't go against, because what if I had worn something else? There might have been a chance that I may not have been chosen to be on stage, but I saw it for a reason, and what I saw, I wore that, and everything that I saw – actually came to fruition because I received and I did exactly what was shown to me to do. So I just wanted to make sure to share that with y'all. I know it's kind of a lengthy story, but I wanted to share that with y'all because pertaining to a mentor or whatever that, have somebody that will emotionally or I say business-wise or mentally hold you accountable. Pick somebody that's at the highest level. I was watching uh, uh yesterday uh, actually today I saw uh the Kobe Bryant induction of the in the Hall of Fame, and his favorite basketball player was Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? He modeled Michael Jordan. He ended up Kobe Bryant ended up being a great basketball player himself. But the key thing was he had to be driven. Get somebody that's going to challenge you. Get somebody that's going to challenge you. Like I said, regardless if you ever meet them, never meet them or not, the main thing you know, you know their principles, and don't sell them for less. So that's why I mentioned about being able to have that uh, uh, mentorship. The other thing we need to do is be observant. Be observant about things, people. One of the things I found out, you know, my dad said this when I was a kid, and I'll take this to my grave. He said, a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from somebody else's mistakes. So in other words, being able to watch people and watch, and watch what they do. watch, me, Watch their footprints because they may fail in the area that you're about to attempt to go to. And if you see that there's a... The, a dead end where you plan on going, you can avoid that if you see somebody else falling in a ditch. So be there to be observant. Watch those things. Watch, watch, watch. Also, another thing, this sounds like a crazy statement, but it's so true. We got to learn to ask questions. <laughs> I, that sounds so simple, but many of us don't ask any questions pertaining to the decisions that we have to make. In other words, we got to investigate, ask questions. One of the things I found out, a closed mouth never gets fed. So understand, there is no such thing as a stupid or a dumb question, except for the question that's never asked. So if you are pursuing something or somebody, ask questions so that way you have data so you can make a healthy decision. Also, one of the things I have to tell people, I have to tell people, we have to evaluate every side. Evaluate every side. We have to evaluate in your decision making, evaluate everything, even the potential answers that you may have. Like I said, we're writing them down. Write down your questions, excuse me, write down your problems. And then as we get ready to, I always tell people in praying, even in your sleeping or whatever, always have a pen and paper nearby or your phone nearby. And if God give you a dream, if God give you a a, a thought and you waking up, Hey, write it down, you know, God always, I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. I have to really bring it up. Make sure we write stuff down and also being able to evaluate everything, you know, weigh the pros, the cons, the benefits, or the risk, or the consequences. We have to evaluate everything, the potential answers that we may be leaning towards. We have to evaluate everything. And like I said, even getting wise counsel. The other thing we have to do is make sure, it sounds crazy, but don't refuse God's methods of giving you what you need, giving you your answers, or supplying your needs. Do not refuse God's method. What do I mean? God may bless you or answer your prayers through your enemies. <laughs> mm. God may give you what you need through somebody who hurted you. God may give you what you need in an unlikely or from an unlikely person. Now, the key thing I do have to I have, do have to put this out there. Now, just because somebody gives, like I said, it could be business or whatever, but when somebody gives you something who may have hurted you or somebody that uh, you don't trust or whatever, now, if they give it to you, make sure that there are no strings attached. But also, if they give to you, that does not mean that you have to have a relationship with them. There are some people, sucks. I'm gonna say it like this: We know in the Bible to tell us that the wealth of the rich, the wealth of the wicked, is laid up for the righteous. There are some people. I'm gonna say it: There are some people who have blessed many ministries or many missions, and they ain't even saved. Point blank: There are some people. Now they're not doing that for to gain salvation. You can't buy salvation. But also on the same token, there. Are people who see a good cause and they want to support it. There are people, there are people, look here, I'm telling you from personal experience, there are some people who they end up coming back and apologizing. They might have done me wrong or whatever, but they end up blessing me. They end up for the greater good. Another thing I thought about, this is something that we see in society. There are some. I'm gonna say it like this. There are some baby mamas who refuse to get help for they for their child because they baby daddy. Point blank. i well, you know, I rather go without than 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 to uh, 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 ask him for anything. But understand, you going without, but most importantly, the child is going without. You know, the child is the one that's missing you know, missing out on things. And of course, it's vice versa. Sometimes it's the baby daddy that's acting the fool. Well, you know, uh, I, I ain't going to deal with her, man, you know, bump that, you know, I take, I care of mine, you know, and not even handling business right. Get your personal feelings aside, take care of business. And so looking at the bigger picture Like I said, get your emotions out of the picture and understand God may supply your needs, like I said, through an unlikely person. It might be somebody who you look at, you're like, of course, assuming, assuming the Bible tells us, judge ye not, yes, ye be judged. That doesn't mean, oh, you just, no, that simply means don't assume. So, in other words, you see somebody, you Matter of fact, I'm going to say this. I'll give you an example. Um, before the pandemic, we would do book signings and stuff, and I be, I found out it's always good to ask a person, hey, uh, we're trying to check out my book or whatever like that, you know, and don't assume they're going to say no, or don't assume oh, they ain't got no money. Because guess what? The main one you overlook or the main one that you would be judgmental about would be the main one that God sent to bless you, but because you've been judgmental, you end up missing your blessing. So quit assuming that a person can't help you. Quit assuming that that person may not have the resources to help you or to bless you or oh, they didn't look like or oh, because they might have been dressed dirty or had some grease or looking like a mechanic or whatever like that. Don't assume, oh, that person ain't got nothing. So we can miss our own blessing because of our assumption. Like I said, being able to forgive to forgive, being able to forgive, sometimes we allow grudges to make us miss what we need to do. And like I said, you know, if truth be told, times we miss our blessings because of our own selfishness. And so sometimes instead of us being a bigger person and handle business like business, what do we do? No. I ain't ain't going to reach out to that person. I ain't going to do that. And many families right now don't even communicate with each other. And overlooking business, overlooking the business aspect, you know, that's, like I said, to each his own. You know, each person got to deal with their own own thing. But what I found out, when you're holding on to unforgiveness and abusing to hatred, you end up not making the right decision because you end up having unforgiveness to cloud your sound judgment. So that's something that we have to think about. We can't refuse God's method. And like I said, even if God want to use somebody who we may not like, we may not trust to bless us, to give to us. But also I remember I was going to say, just because, just because you don't trust them or just because you receive from them does not mean that you have to give them your trust. One of the things we were talking about, um, my Sunday school teacher and I were talking earlier today, a lot of times we talk so much about forgiveness, and it's true, and we need to. We need to talk about forgiveness, but we also need to teach people about trust. You know, you can forgive a person many times, and we're supposed to forgive people but you have to understand that because you forgive a person doesn't mean that you have to trust them. You can forgive a person a thousand times, but you can only need to trust them one time. (laughs) And if they mess you over one time, hey, look, you know, I can forgive them. Hey, I can shake their hand. You know, I, I can buy their burger. But as far as trusting them, the Bible doesn't tell us to trust them. The only person we need to trust is God. And sometimes, we can't even trust ourselves. <laughs> That's why it's so important for us to consult God pertaining to our decision because we can't trust ourselves in the decision-making that we already dealing with. So understand when it comes down to uh, uh, forgiveness, forgive a person. That forgiveness is for you. That forgiveness cleans your spirit, your psyche, your soul, your 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 thought. You don't need anything to contaminate your spirit for you to be able to hear God, but trust. Like I said, everybody, everybody that fund your business, you don't have to trust them, but you have to understand, you can't put quote unquote, your feelings into business. You have to treat business like business and don't put your I ain't going to say put your heart. You can put your effort into it, but you don't put your trust into people. You can't do that. You're going to end up getting yourself in trouble. The other thing we have to do, I'm going to hear right quick. Okay. What we have to do, we have to also understand God may use a strange source to give you what you need. God may use a strange method of supplying your needs. Don't limit God in thinking he's going to only do it in one certain way. The verse I always think about or the story I always think about with pertains to that principle, I always think about the blind man. The blind man, when God end up, excuse me, when, when Jesus end up using clay or dirt and sp- and put on the man's eyes. When Jesus used dirt and spit, now just imagine if the blind man was able to hear Jesus, and somebody say, hey, what is he doing? Hey, I think Jesus putting that spit on his eyes. Imagine, imagine, That blind man, do you think he'd be like, hey, man, uh uh-uh, don't you do that? (laughs) No, but see, he ended up, I don't know if he knew it or not, but the thing was, if he did know it, it was a good thing he didn't know it, because he might have refused. I know some of us, some of us, if we try to use that method these days and time, shoot, somebody going to knock us out, (laughs) but understand Jesus used that method to give that man not only what he needed, but what he wanted. He needed sight. He wanted sight. And he got his sight. God may use a strange method to give you what you need. You know, I think about the karate kid. I think about the karate kid. What he wanted to do, he wanted to learn karate. So he went to Mr. Miyagi, this movie. He went to Mr. Miyagi, and Mr. Miyagi was telling him, hey, paint the fence. Hey, wash the car. Hey, do the other thing. And the Karate Kid was like, what does this have to do with karate? And those principles that Mr. Miyagi was teaching him in those three different vocations were the instruments that he needed to use in doing karate to win the fight. Well, not only did he learn karate, but he learned three different job traits. You see? So understand, there are people that much they use a crazier method, a different, I don't say crazy method, a different method than us. One of the wisest men that I knew personally my daddy, my daddy, my daddy would, I, and it's funny now, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about uh some time ago, my dad, when he would always talk, he wanted to give some advice. He always had a pen and a pad in his pocket. He always put, let me show you something. And he draw. I'm like, good grief, you know, but I see, I can't talk now. I do the same thing now, you know, but. He would always have different methods, and my dad being from Mississippi, you know, it, it's like everything just engraving his head as far as being able to do things, being self-reliant. And whatever my dad, my dad was like MacGyver, he would do any and everything, and it worked, you know. So just to know that how God will use a source that seemed like it ain't nothing. But that one thing that we throw away may be treasure to somebody else. So think about that. The other thing I want us to be able to um, look at, I was speaking about um, God may use a different, uh, a strange source, whatever. I do have to say this. Being able to pay attention to your dreams. I mentioned earlier, get a pen and paper and write things down. When God reveals to you dreams or whatever, Do not dismiss them. Write them down. I'll tell people all the time, when you have dreams or whatever, and some people, well, you know, I might have been, I might have eaten something bad or whatever. So what? Write that stuff down. Write down everything because a lot of times God may be trying to give you your answers at night because you're too busy in the day. God may may use the only time he can catch your attention while you're slobbing and sleeping for you to be able to hear some instruction that's going to help you in what you need in, in your life and for your life. So being able to write those things down and also being able to look at hmm writing thing writing down the the dreams but also the visions. You know, I tell people all the time you have to have a quiet place in your life. You know, uh I I I love my quiet time. Um now, when I'm in my car, I may have everything off for me to hear. I gotta hear from God, and and this is just me. This is just me. You, and other people may have other areas or whatever that. Some people may have a prayer closet. That's fine and dandy. But it's something about when I go to a bathroom. When I go to a bathroom, it's like I hear God. It's like whenever I have a question, whenever I have a dilemma or whatever like that, I always try to get to a bathroom. I talk to God, whatever. And it don't have to be a private bathroom in a residence. It can be a public bathroom. It's like I just hear. And most of the content that I get, if it's pertaining to my podcast or videos or my posts or whatever, 90% of it has been in a bathroom. I walk into a bathroom, it's like God tell me, hey, You need to do this. You need to do that. It's like I hear. And so not only being able to hear, have a place where you have designated for you to be able to have that quality time with God, not only for God, for you to talk to God, but for God to talk to you back. Have that time. Have that devotional time. Have a place. Like I said, um, uh, in school, they used to have um, something called a kissing hall where the boy and the girl that were dating would always meet up. Have a place where you can meet up with God. Have a designated area. Have it where just y'all spots. Have it there, you know. So that's something to, to think about. And write down your dreams. Another thing, did you consider, consider every and all possibilities? Did you consider or did you use all possibilities pertaining to the decision making or the dilemma that you're in? You know, Every time I have, um, I'm torn between A and B, A and and B, I always, God always bring up the analogy of Joseph. When Joseph was in the dilemma, when he was about to marry Mary, this is uh, in the New Testament, in the, uh, the gospel. When Joseph, was in a dilemma, of getting ready to get married to Mary, and he found out that Mary was pregnant, and he was torn. Should he, should he, uh, um, you know, uh, publicly or privately, you know, leave her alone? Should he make it public or should he make it private? Those are the two options that he had weighing upon him. And in that dilemma, God came to him and told him, "Don't choose option A. Don't choose option B." Choose option C, stay, because she did not sleep with another man. This baby that she's carrying is not another man's child, but it's my child. She was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. She has a purpose in her life to give birth to the promised Messiah. Option C. And so every time I'm in a dilemma, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between if I should do A or B. God always reminds me of that. And what that does, it makes me stop. It makes me not make a decision until he reveals the other option. It has not failed me. But every time I wait, God always gives me the answer. And it's the answer that was needed for this situation. So I tell people, did you consider all options? Did you weigh the pros and cons of everything? And now being able to make sure that it was, that one was from God. One of the things I found out, we have to make sure that we do not we do not close out God's avenue of coming to us and giving us the answers that we need in the dilemma that we're in. What I found out was the more you close God's access to you for your answer, the more you open Satan's access to give you
0: your answer.
1: You understand? So in other words, if we close God's assets to get to us, to give us the answer, when we close God's God assets, we open Satan's assets. When we close God's assets to get to us, we open Satan's assets to get to us. So understand, we have to make sure, keep the avenue of God coming to us open. That's why that's why it's so important for us to keep ourselves clear. Repent. I found that repentance is so important. You may not have done anything knowingly, but unknowingly you may have done something. Hey, you know, what if God wanted you to do something, and you didn't do it? Or what if God didn't want you to do something, and you did it? So make sure that we stay quick at all times for us to keep ourselves spiritually clear, for God to come to us and talk to us, communicate with us. I have to bring that up. So the other thing is being able to make sure that we always give. God the responsibility and the expectation. We have to expect God to come to us and talk to us. We have to expect that God can come to us and give us the answers that we need. A lot of us, we say we trust God, we love God, but there are no expectations. You know, and, and, you know I, know, I hear a lot of people, you know, well, all you need is a little faith. Faith the size of a must see, but understand the principle of why they say that statement. The mustard seed is not talking about the size. That is not the focus. The focus is not the quote unquote size right there.
0: It's
1: the result of that mustard seed. The result of the mustard seed, what that mustard seed will do, even though it's minute, but think about the expectation or the long term what it would do. As soon as you plant that mustard seed down, it grows a tree, not only because it may be a short tree ground but think about underneath the ground the roots go deep it digs deep 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 all the way down until it get hold of some type of earth some type of substance some rock it goes deep down as well as it spreads out so the key principle about the faith the size of a mother seed is the ending result, not the beginning result, the ending result. This is what's going to help us to be able to start having our expectations higher as well as our expectation of God coming in and moving on our behalf and for our behalf. We have to think about that. so also understanding that you are on a journey, you're on a journey called life. And in this journey called life, God give us assignments. Sometimes, unfortunately, we choose assignments. Key thing for us to remember, in this journey called life, when you're doing what God has you to do and you're trusting God for God to supply your needs, look at that as being on an all-inclusive trip. Meaning when you're on an all-inclusive trip, Everything is paid for. Everything is paid for. All the excursions that are on that island or on that ship is paid for. But the only thing about it is you have to make sure to stay within the perimeters of where you're supposed to be at. That's your assignment. That's your journey. But if you you choose to do something outside of it, then you got to pay for it. You are left with the consequences of taking care of that bill. You're dealt with the responsibility of taking care of that bill. So that's the same way when we are obedient to God, we accept him as our personal Savior, and we do what he tells us to do. It's not our responsibility to pay for it. It's his responsibility to supply our needs. So understand this is, this is an assignment that we're on, and anytime you're on an assignment and you're obedient to your instructor, they are going to take care of it. But you've got to be obedient and do it their way or his way, not your way. If you do it your way, then you're responsible. But if you do it his way, he's responsible. And I found out God's insurance plan, it covers us full coverage but even with us what happened? we barely afford liability and we end up costing us more than the deductible so we need to start doing things god's way and it'll help us to be able to stay out of trouble as we get ready to wrap it up i want you to think about now you have your you have some answers you have some choices Understand, when you have the choice and you're considering something or somebody, understand, and what you're about to do or the answer that you feel that this is something that you may end up doing, understand and ask yourself, is it morally Right. Is it ethically right in the, in the choice or the decisions you've going to make? The answers that may be come, coming to you, it may be God sending it to you, you may be thinking about it yourself, or it might be Satan throwing you some answers. But always think about this. Is it morally acceptable? Is it ethically acceptable? Is it legal? <laughs> think about it is it legal and the results is it something that you can have peace with now even pertaining to some people pertaining to relationship you can you can utilize this in any situation but you think about even pertaining to a relationship there are some people that are considering talking to this person or dating this person whatever like that? and if you already got the red flags Quit allowing yourself thinking that the longer you look at that person, that white flag on turn to uh, the red flag on turn to a green flag. So many of us from the very beginning we see something and then we try to compromise well, well, well,, Mm-mm. the first sign of danger run the first sign of danger run just point blank. Don't waste your time in somebody else's assignment. Don't waste your time in somebody else's property or on somebody else's property. What happened, you can be spiritually trespassing. So understand, God wants you to get out of the wrong property or the wrong area and get back in the place that he told you to be at. God knows everything pertaining to what we need and God's trying to give us the answers that we need. But we have to make sure that we in our zone, in our area. And that's the only way for us to be able to get things and do things and receive the things that God has for us. Also, I mean I mentioned this earlier. In the decision that you're about to make, do you have peace with it? Do you have peace with the decision that you're about to make? And I don't want to talk about any kind of, I'm talking about do you have God's peace? Because God's peace, the peace of God, you'll be able to sleep. It, in other words, you'll feel the peace in your spirit, in your soul. And But tell people, where is, where is your spirit? Where's your soul? It's right below your navel. Right below your navel. You know, we call it that gut feeling. So some people, well, I don't know, I don't know, you know. No, if you don't have peace with it, don't do it. Do not do it. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about the answer that you kind of weighing in on? How do you feel about it? If you don't, if you don't feel certain about it, if you're not confident, don't do it. Don't do it. We always tell people to wait on God, and just because you're waiting on God does not mean that you're waiting for nothing. What you do is you give God your prayer request and you find yourself busy in studying, preparing yourself for when you get it. You get the answer and it's already a done deal. But you got to prepare. You got to utilize that time, your waiting time. you waiting on God to move. Utilize that time for you to be able to study, do your homework, prepare yourself, groom yourself for it. Also, if you don't have peace, like I mentioned earlier, if you don't have peace about it, don't do it. That's God's way of let you know, uh-uh. God may, be, God may be revealing the spirit within that decision that you're considering. God may be revealing the spirit of that. Because understand, we are human beings. We are not just physical, but we're spirit being. We're spirit being first. And understand, we in the we're the only creatures that God created living in two different worlds at the same time. There's a physical world, but then there's a spiritual world or a spiritual realm. So understand the decisions that we make, and not just pertaining to on the earthly realm, but in the spiritual realm too. That's why it tells us in the Bible, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God may be letting you know what you're trying to do on earth is not agreeing with heaven. So God is letting you know. Right now, this not the decision for you to make. That's not, that's not the right one. Also, as we get ready to wrap it up, understand, the Bible tell us, call upon me and I will answer. God wants you to consult with him about everything. God wants you to tell. God wants to tell you the answers and the method of how to do it. He not only want to tell you what the answers are, but also give you the answers or the method of how to maintain what he promised. God want to tell us everything, but we have to make sure that we're listening. He want to tell us the method. In other words, do it and understand when we do it God's way, he's responsible. He has the responsibility. It's under his warranty, under his warranty plan. What's the point of Buy, uh, get in a car from God. Get in the car, and as long as you go to him as the dealer, he'll take care of the repairs and stuff for free. Why go somewhere else where you got to pay out-of-pocket expenses, or you can go straight to the dealer that gave you the car, and it's for free? Same thing pertaining to God and his promises. Also, if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he shall direct our path or make that pathway straight. In other words, God wants us to consult with him for us to be able to get the answers that we need. He wants to take care of it. He's concerned about us. Also, this is an opportunity for us to be able to know God in a deeper, intimate way. Like I said, a lot of times you think about it. We go to church and we know the church. Sometimes we know the people in the church. But this is an opportunity for know the person that we are praising and we're worshiping, God Almighty. So this is an opportunity for us to see God flex his muscles in our lives and on our behalf and for our behalf. Consult with him. Help, allow him to show us who we are and who he is and what he can do in our life. Also, use it as an opportunity or a teachable moment us to learn the move of God and understand the decision that you make not only affect you but affect those that love you and those that care for you. Understand this is right now, um my battery's gonna go there. I'm so sorry. Give me fifteen seconds, I'm gonna change my battery. As I get ready to talk, I'm I'm going over here. I I forgot to change my battery I've got to change my battery. i got my battery right here. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. And you know what? I have to repent. Not only repent to God, but even repent to y'all. Because I'm going to tell you something. Before I start the podcast today... It was on my spirit. I need to check my battery. And I had checked it a couple of weeks ago, a couple of, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And i was like, okay, well, I should have enough. And I got right by it and I forgot, didn't realize that it was going dead. So thank God that I was able to um, change it right then and there. But um, for us to be able to really understand the importance of consulting God and Understanding that our decisions that we make, it not only affects us, but those that love us. Let's say like this: right now, those that know me, I'm a father, and I I use. You know what? I use somebody else for an example. You might be a young lady that maybe want a husband. That guy that you may be considering, he, you might think he treated you good, but he may not like your kids. What's gonna happen? Who you going to choose? see? The decisions that you make not only affect you, but affect your kids. I have to look at, uh, use myself for an example. I have to look at myself where uh, if I choose someone in my life, regardless if it's a relationship or business, if they can't handle, I don't like to say my baggage, uh not even uh I, I call it a combo deal. We're not a package deal, we're a combo deal pertaining to my son, my family, my responsibilities, you, your responsibilities or whatever. If they can't handle the totality of everything that you represent and everything that you come to the table with, that's not the one for you. So understand if by chance you override sound judgment, and you end up linking yourself with that bad decision, then you cause conflict for everybody that's around you. Understand, it's so important for us to be able to start making these healthy decisions, for us to be able to look at everything from the very beginning and realize, I'm not just making the decision for myself but I'm making it for my son. I'm making it for my church. I'm making it for my family. I'm making it for my friends. You have to think about it because, unfortunately, so many people, they invite their enemy within their camp. What do I mean? That means you have a purpose and plan, and you end up partnering up with people that's against your plan, against your purpose, and also against the calling that God has for you. It's called called like it is. So many people, they talk about the devil is busy, but so many people that have made a deal with the devil and invited the devil into their camp. Just point blank. So these are the times that we have to make these decisions Say, you know what? God, help me to evaluate and help me to do inventory. If there's anybody that I have allowed in my camp that you did not authorize, God, I give you permission to move them out of my life. And you have to be okay with that. And when we talk about getting them out of your life, not know, well, you know, I know we're in a relationship and everything, but, you know, I, I mean, let's let, let just be friends. No, indeed. You don't need friends like that. That's not, they're not even friends. That's not a friend. When people are against your purpose, when people are against your calling, when people are against your God, they are not your friends. You got to understand what true friends are. So when it boils down to it, it's nothing personal, but let them go where they need to go. Sometimes you have to allow people to be dismissed out of your life, out of your purpose, out of your calling. And not only for you, not only for your sake, but for those who love you for their sake too. Because you don't want anybody to come in. You don't want to invite somebody in to sabotage your child or your family's purpose, plans. You have to look at it like that. Understand it is so important for us to make the right decision by consulting God and doing it his way. If God tells you to leave the person alone, do it. But I must I found out something. When God tells us to do it, that means do it right then and there. You know, I found out we say this old term and I found I found out the hard way, but it's so important. We found out that, that delayed obedience is still disobedience. When God tell you to leave somebody alone, he means for you to leave them alone right now. Not know, well, God showed me, let me see how I'm going to handle it. No, if he showed you, he's going to show you how to handle it. But you can't, well, you know, they're a good person and all this stuff. And if you notice, people that think like that, that say the kind of stuff, They talk their enemy up, but they talk themselves down. They compromise their value. They compromise their purpose. They compromise their assignment. If you can't say amen, say ouch. (laughs) Just point blank. So it's important for us to make the decisions, the healthy decisions that God wants us to do. So understand, it's not just about you. But it's about those that love you as well as those that you're going to love, those that are going to love you. Because I found that it's so important for us to make sure from this point on, we have to be about business. We have to be about God's business. And God's business is the most important thing. And like, like I said, God's purpose and plan for us, he already have it mapped out. He said, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew everything about us. The interests that, that that like the the, uh, the things that we like in life, God is still there in us, you know. I'm uh, let's be honest. I'm gonna say it like the those that know me. I I say it. God knows you like that old hmm. bow leg. You know, He knows what kind of man you like. Bow legged. You know, cowboy boot wearing. You know. <laughs> Wavy hair or bald or whatever. He he know all that. He knows that. But he don't want you to just pick anybody. He wants you to recognize the one he sent. He wants you to recognize the one he sent because just like God knows what kind you like, Satan knows what kind you like. God knows that you like female with a you know, a figure eight and you know long wavy hair, you know uh, the, the, all that stuff. God knows what kind of young lady that you like, but so does the devil. Understand? Sometimes you got to think about it. Sometimes Satan will re, Satan will send an imitation before God reveals the real thing. So, if Satan is bringing, excuse me, if God is sending one and Satan is sending six, which one are you going to choose? How are you going to recognize it's the one that God's sending? You got to consult God. Okay, what about the business? What about the business that you're trying to figure out which one you want to get into? Because me, same thing. I used to Persistent. I used to go to TCI Cable Company. I used to drive from Dallas to um, Mesquite every Wednesday at 9 o'clock, every Wednesday, filling out an application every Wednesday for six months. Attention, Davidson. You know, I go there every Wednesday. The lady behind the counter, may I help you? Yes, I want like to have an application. When you here last week? Yes, ma'am. Persistent. I, I believe in being persistent. I did that for six weeks. excuse me, I'm sorry, six months I did it for six months, but also on the same token, I went on and I fill out an application for Dallas county Sheriff Department. I did went on and did it, but I wanted to work at t c i cable company and then one Friday, I got two letters in the mail. kid you not, I got one from t c i cable company and the one from the sheriff Department. I opened up the one from t c i cable Company because that's where I wanted to work at. Look here, getting free cable and half off on pay-per-views for me to watch wrestling and be able to hook up stuff. Oh, I love that. I opened up that letter, and it said, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, you're not fit for the position. Oh, that broke my heart. I got that envelope, and I got the envelope from the Dallas Sheriff's Department. That I did not open up, but I bought up and threw it in the trash. And I just kept hearing in my spirit you need to open up that letter from the sheriff's department. And I was like, I'm tired of disappointment. And if TCI can't become, they're not going to come, hire me. What made me think that Dallas County kind of sheriff's department was going to hire me? And God, I, now I recognize it was God. You need to open it up. You need to face your fears. Put on your big boy underwear and open up that letter. Well, guess what? I opened it up and it says, huh, uh, thank you for filling out the application. We would like to have you in in for an interview. Like, whoa. Well, guess what? Fast forward, I got hired on from the Dallas County Sheriff Department, even though TCI Cable Company did not hire me. And then guess what? A year later, TCI Cable Company went out of business. TCI Cable Company went out of business. So even though I didn't get hired on by TCI Cable Company, God knew what was best. God prevented me from possibly being laid off. Now, I've been at the Dallas County Sheriff's Department a little over 27 years. As of today, I got two years and 14 more days, and I'll be eligible to retire. So I thank God for that. But I had to trust God, even though it seemed uncomfortable. But I had to trust God enough to know that he was going to take care of my best interest, even if I would foolishly consider making a mistake. He made the stakes a little bit tougher, a little bit higher to prevent me from getting hired over there because he knew the outcome of what was going to happen 365 days later. So I thank God for that. So the key thing we have to realize God knows everything pertaining to what we need, what we desire. He knows. He knows not only the question, but he got the answers. But can we trust God to give us the answers that we need? Can we trust God or do we trust God or do we trust our own abilities? Can we trust God enough to give us what we need to supply our needs? And if we can do that, even in our waiting period, even in our, quote-unquote, if you want to say, uh, uh, a transitional period, let's praise God. Not only for what we anticipate him on doing, but most importantly, for who he is. If we can praise God for who he is, then we'll see what he can do. But we have to trust God, no matter what it looks like. I found that the most important thing is for us not to depend upon our physical senses. And so again, to the spiritual senses, uh, allow God and ask God to help you to be spiritually sensitive enough to still recognize him, to still praise him, to still worship him, to live a life of expectation for him to move. I'm telling you, we would not lack anything if we could trust God. Because he the one that knows where everything is. It ain't my responsibility, ain't my responsibility to trust him. I'm going to say it like this. That old saying, and I hope this is not offensive, but that was an old saying back in the day. They, they said, oh, that person acted like a dumb blonde. You know, that was, that was not the right thing to say. But I'm pretty sure y'all remember that terminology. Well, I'm going to say it like this. In your relationship with God... You be that person, you be that naive person that you depended exclusively and solely on him. That's God's responsibility. If God tell me, hey, I want you to go over there and give give that person $3. Uh, I'm going to say, okay, God, look here, I need $3 to give to that person. Whatever God wants us to do, go to him, have him to supply our needs to do it. Just one blank. So like I said, God knows what you need. God knows what you want better than you. God made you. You didn't make yourself. God knows your interests. God knows everything pertaining to you. And understand this, the decision that you have in life, you failed before. Why attempt to fail again? Why risk your chance of having to redo it over again? There's an old saying that says, You say you don't have time to do it once, but you got time to do it again. Aren't you tired of doing the same thing over again, cleaning up your mistakes? So how about you consult God and let him tell you what to do and provide for you the needs that you need to do for you to get the accomplishment of what you expect? It's point blank. So with your decision, give it to God. Trust God in every area of your life. And for those who may be, um, those who may have a question, those who may not certain what God wants them to do, don't move until God responds. Pray. After you pray, don't go behind God's back and do it. No, you pray and you wait for God to respond. Pray and wait. And when I say wait, they don't mean, no, 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 no. Pray and wait. Waiting, like I said, is simply doing your research, what you need to do, what you're expecting. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you're going to do. Do that. So whatever we're going to do, we're going to learn to trust God because he can handle it. We can't. And so for those who may be, uh, have any other questions, any other concerns, we're going to give it to God. The Bible tells us, cast all of our cares upon him for, because he cares for us. He cares for us. He's concerned about us. Also, if you have any other needs, any other uh, prayer requests, we're going to hold them up before God right now. In this case, someone who may not be saved, it ain't hard being saved. It's, easy. it's actually easy. Being saved ain't no struggle. The only problem that I found out, the only struggle that I found out, is my will going against God's will. That's the only battle. Other than that, hey, <laughs> you know, I I, I said earlier, <laughs> dumb, blunt attitude. Uh, I, I guess I got a dumb, blunt attitude with my relationship with God. God, what do I need to do? If I'm going with God, what do I need to wear? Yes. I do that. I do that because I give God the responsibility of every area of my life so that way I can see him. It gives God the opportunity for him to come into my life, but also for me to see him do something for my life and in my life. It is so rewarding. And like I said, some people, some people, oh, but that's too extreme. Okay, but that's you. Okay, God bless you, but that ain't going to stop me. Those no, that know me, I ain't, look here, I, even in my young age, I've seen God move so many times, and I've seen God move, in in my relationship with God, he has not failed me, other people have failed me, now, I, I can tell you some people who have failed me, who have let me down, who have lied on me, lied to me, I can tell you about that, but I found out what God told me, quit relying upon people and rely upon him. And even when I have given God my problems and my, my situations and my conflict I had with people, even in accusations I have given to God, God said, okay, that's, let me do something. I said, okay, but well, God, you, you say you want, you want me to give everything over to you? If I hold my peace and let you fight my battle, these are going to be mine? Well, guess what? Here it is. He said, I've been waiting on you. Give it it to me. Ooh, and when I do it, it's going to blow your mind. I know what you want to do, but what you want to do, eh, ain't a drop in a bucket about what I'm going to do. And I've seen God move. And I'm like, after everything's over, I'm like, wow. So I'm telling you, God can do it, but give him the opportunity to do it all of it. Give God responsibility pertaining to your life. Give God responsibility of everything pertaining to Y-O-U and your family and your kids and your business and your relationship and your marriage, all that stuff. Give it to God. I don't remember if I said this or not, but it ain't hard being saved. You know, just in this case you... Want to be saved? Just in case you're wondering, what should I do? Romans 10 and 9 tells us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe the heart, the God of him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It ain't hard. We're going to give it to him and cast all of our cares upon him. Let me just throw it. Cast all of our cares upon him. Because he cares for us. Be the Father. we coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. we coming to you right now, God. Ask you, God, to forgive us, God, for any and everything that's unlike. Ask you, God, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. we come coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for being an awesome God, being a faithful God, being a committable God. God, we thank you, Lord, for being a God of furs and chikers second, the third, the fourth, many chances, God, God, we thank you all for not giving up on us, God, God, there are those that are watching and that are listening right now, God, they're in a dilemma, God, they're at the crossroads of their life, God, don't know which way to go or what to do, God, so God, we come to you, God, petitioning every request, God, every question, giving it to you right now, God. God, you're the only one that knows to answer. God, even in the answers that we have answered in the past, we have failed, God. So, God, we give you permission right now, God, to come in and to intervene, to help us, God, right now, in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you, God to expose everything right now, God, that will help us to have peace with the answers that you're going to provide right now, in the name of Jesus. God, we even speaking God, for those right now, God, who are trying to take mouths into their own hands, God. Give them that desire to wait on you right now, God. Not be moved by their flesh, not be moved by their Emotions right now, not even no biological clock, but trust it in you right now, in the name of Jesus, God. We speaking God that you expose every booby trap right now, any and everything that's unlike you. God, expose it and remove it right now, in the name of Jesus. And say about everything you stand for. We bind every problem. We bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers, God. We thank you, Lord, for being a merciful God. We thank you, Lord, for making a way out of no way, God. Even when it seemed like our back was against the wall, God. God, you still provided God you made a way out of no way right now and God you've made a way of escape right now and we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus God we speaking God for those right now God who are hurting right now God we speaking right now God that you minister to their hearts right now God in the name of Jesus God those who are grieving right now God Touch their heart right now, God. Comfort them right now. In the name of Jesus, we hold up the Calhoun family, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for comforting them, God. Continue to comfort them right now. Be with them right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we speak it right now, God. We may not know everything, God. We may not know the answers, God. But, God, we ask God to help us, God, even with the uncertainties, God, even with the sudden deaths, God. Help us, God, to keep our eyes on you right now, God. And, God, help us, God, to be able to talk to you, God, share, God, whatever's on our heart right now, God, and help people to know, God, that you're concerned about what's on their heart, God. They can come to you, God. You want them to come to them, God, not just in the celebratory times, God, but even during the hurt, God even in the grief, God, even in the not knowing, even in the uncertainty, God. God, help us, God, to consult you, God, and trust in you in every area, God. We even speaking right now, God, those who may be hurting right now, God, emotionally, God, those who may be dealing with any uh, uh, of a relationship or a friendship right now, even pertaining to rivalries, God, even pertaining to conflict with others, God, give your people peace, God, and God, let there be reconciliation, God, with pertaining to a healthy uh, uh, relationship, God, if it's family or whatever, God, even the toxic relationship, God, we speaking, God, that you provide a way of escape, God, and move them out of their lives, God, of those who may be trying to uh, hurt others, God, in the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God, even those like been a lot of violence god look a lot of uh domestic violence god a lot of toxic relationships god we speaking right now god for wisdom right now god god help us god to not be moved by our emotions or our feelings god help us god to understand healthy relationships god and so god we even speak god for those who may be in a relationship that's toxic or unhealthy god help them to recognize you God and get out safely, God. And break ties right now. Even speaking right now, God, if there's any soul ties right now, God, we speaking it God, that you remove it out right now, that you break this, sever the several soul ties right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers, God. We thank you, Lord, even for the businesses that you have provided, God, the relationships that you have provided, God, the marriages that's coming out of this, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, even to recognize the difference between your move and the devil's move. Your blessings or the devil's curses, God. Help us, God, to recognize what comes from you or what's sent by the devil right now in the name of jesus and we thank you all for answering our prayers we thank you all for everything you've done and god we speak right now god help us god to grow spiritually god help us god to grow spiritually god help us god to spend the quality time with you in devotion god of fasting and praying god and helping us god to have a closer relationship with you right now god in the name of jesus and not using you as a sugar daddy god but god seeking you and trusting you, not for what you can do, but for who you are right now, God. You're a righteous God. You are faithful, God. You're a committable father. We thank you, Lord. We love you right now, God. Help us, God, to love you and obey you, God. And God, help us, God, to love ourselves, God. Help us, God, to know that you have our best interests at heart, God. And help us, God, to trust you right now. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for even healing my mother, God. Thank you, Lord, for raising her up, God. Healing my father, God, raising him up right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and continue to comfort, God. The 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 Horton family, God, the Lynch family right now, God. The Franklin family right now, God. Continue to help them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we hold on each and every person right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for the jobs you've provided right now, God. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for making our way out of no way right now. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching this video. I hope and pray that something was said that really caught your attention or ministered to you. If you want to get in contact with me, you can catch me uh, on Facebook on Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P.S. and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. You can see my daily devotion and videos. Also, you can go to my website at brotherprater.com. You can go see my videos, my daily devotions, or also my upcoming events. Also, you can go to the store section of my book. where You can purchase my book called A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. It will be a great Father's Day gift, even though it says, Fathers, A Few Good Men, A Path to God and Fatherhood is for ladies, too. I cover a lot of different information. Also, you can purchase my book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. And that book is in tribute to my beautiful sister, Sheila Prater. I thank each and every one of you all who tuned in, and I hope and pray that there's something that was said that caught your attention, that really ministered to you. And I challenge you to trust God in whatever you're holding in your hand. And remember, what you're holding behind your back is much greater than what God is holding behind his back to give to you. So release whatever's in your hand. Give it to God. Release what's in your hand and release what's behind your back. Give it to God and trust God with everything. So uh, thank you all for listening to reconnect my heart podcast. God bless you. And good night. that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary bdw report prohibited by law See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus